Hi, I'm Ben. It's so good to be speaking to you today. Today is a one-off message and I'm going to be speaking into a passage that has really encouraged me personally over the last few months. I, I regularly pray for you all. I miss you all so much. I miss connecting with people in large groups on a Sunday. And um, I found this last few months really, really tough. But this passage has really helped and I'm hoping that as a result of today, we all get a fresh perspective on who God is and what he's doing as a result of this message. We are now seven months into this crisis. Maybe you're feeling like uh, coronavirus should be firmly in the rearview mirror. We should have been looking forward by now. But what we're finding is that as a nation, we're facing a second wave of cases, you know, and the initial adrenaline rush that many of us felt at the start of the crisis has long since gone. And what we're finding instead is it's been replaced by feelings of feeling stressed, frustrated, almost like we're on some sort of groundhog day. And maybe this sums up how you're feeling. It's definitely where I have been at at different points. And personally, I have really had to battle with what it looks like, how it feels to lead a church when you're not able to connect with people regularly. We are a family together. So how do you go about being family when you can't see one another regularly or there's lots of barriers in the way, there's masks in the way? And this passage has helped me to trust God as I lead and as we as a church family move forward together. It's also um, helped me process the barrage of bad news, the sense that everything feels out of control. The message itself is called Dry Bones, Hear the Word of the Lord. And as we spend time in a well-known passage in Ezekiel, which I'm sure you probably guessed by now, we're going to see that God is in control, God revives and restores, and he gives us purpose. I want to get straight into it, so I'll give you some context for the passage afterwards, but if you would like to turn with me to Ezekiel 37, and I'm reading from the ESV, and the words will also come up on the screen. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath into you, and you shall live, and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered, on, covered them, but there was still no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath, thus says the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they might live. 
So I prophesied as I commanded, as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. This is an incredible prophetic vision. And what we mean by prophetic vision or prophetic word is it's something that God has given to an individual for an individual or for a group of individuals. So this is a picture that Ezekiel saw in his mind's eye given to him by God. And it's a picture that has many different prophetic outworkings, but the original hearers of this message, they applied it directly to their own spiritual state. It says in the next verse that these bones represent the whole house of Israel. So it's applying directly into Israel's situation. Let me therefore give you just a very much a whirlwind backstory of uh, where Israel are at. So after a multitude of mainly bad kings, in uh, BC 597, the Babylonians uh, invade and defeat uh, the people of God and they exile Judah's king along with several thousand of uh, his nobility, his most senior citizens. <laughs> senior citizens as in, yes, you know what I mean. <laughs> and Ezekiel was one of those. And so Ezekiel got this prophetic picture whilst he was in exile in Babylon. So this terrible, oppressive, cruel kingdom. So the imagery here, it's so descriptive, isn't it? So I would love us to live in this imagery for a moment. If you want to, feel free to shut your eyes wherever you're at. Imagine you are in this vision. So it's this desert place. It's a wilderness place. It is baking hot. There's no signs of life. And then you are confronted with a pile of dry bones. These people that the, the bones once belonged to, they're not just dead, they are dry bones dead. They have died, they've decomposed, their flesh has disintegrated, leaving only the bones behind. And then those bones have just been left out in the sun. They're bleached. This picture is describing the spiritual reality, the spiritual death facing the Israelites. This once mighty God-fearing nation had lost their way a long time ago. They started worshipping idols. They eventually um, not only uh, started worshipping idols, they lost their way, um, they lost their homes, so as well as losing their spirituality, God has left the temple, they lost their homes, they were now hostages in a foreign country. And in better times, the way that they structured their days, it actually came from the temple in Jerusalem. You know, that, but now they were unable to worship in the way that they were accustomed to their set-apart identity that had gone. They were unable to see one another in the context that they used to. They felt impotent, powerless. They didn't have any army of their own because their army had been defeated. And whilst they were in Babylon, false prophet after false prophet was prophesying, look, you're soon going to be back in Jerusalem where the temple is. But those dates, they'd been and they'd gone. And do you know what it felt like? It felt like death. We are not in exile in the same way, but there are similarities of experience. We, like Israel, we're having a wilderness time. 
you know, away from our meeting place. There are lots of the things that uh, used to bring us so much joy are gone, seeing family, friends, you know, having to put masks on so you can't really engage with people in the way that you're used to. Social, action, social interactions are so much harder. And it looks like there's no definite end in sight. Our situation is not quite as bleak as the one painted here, but it's pretty tough. However, we see from Ezekiel's response in verse 3 that he had hope, and his hope didn't come from the immediate situation he found himself in. Now, that is a good job, because he was surrounded by bones in a desert. <laughs> it's, it's hard to put a positive spin on that situation. Instead, as God asked Ezekiel if these bones could live, in verse 3, he replies, only you know. He didn't have hope in the bones, he didn't have hope in the situation, but he did have hope in God. He didn't presume to know what God wanted, but he was confident that God knew what he was doing. Ezekiel recognised that he wasn't in control, but God is in control. That's point one. God is in control. Too often, I have things the wrong way around. You know, I have faith in the situation or I have faith in my own abilities, but trusting God comes secondary. You know, coronavirus, this whole uh, pandemic has been a nightmare for anyone who likes to feel in control, for any of us who like to plan ahead, because you can't plan any, ahead in any way. And um, for those of us um, who are born and brought up, you know, in the West, there's a sense that, oh, life should be fairly under control. As much of an illusion as that is, you know, we grasp onto that. And so I've not enjoyed feeling out of control over and over again over the last few months. And a fairly recent illustration of this point is that just a few weeks ago, Emily and I, we were in desperate need of a holiday. Um, and so we put something last minute. It was essentially this very basic bungalow on what looked like a retirement uh, sort of a village in Suffolk. Um, but it had a, a sea view and we were really excited about going. Us and the family, we thought we need a holiday. And so we booked it and then News after news started coming out about Nottingham potentially going into a local lockdown. And I found myself getting more and more stressed and frustrated. And one particular evening, I just spent hour after hour, it felt like, looking at the news, trying to get updates. I dusted off my Twitter account, which I hadn't used in ages, to try and see what MPs were saying. And at my lowest point, I was even praying, a kind of prayer for Andy Burnham, just wanting him to delay matters enough for Nottingham not to get in the spotlight so we could go on holiday. I was like, Lord, surely we need this holiday. We've worked so hard. It's so exhausting. It was total stinking thinking. But eventually I was able to remind myself of the reality that I'm not in control. I am not in control, but God is. And he is a good father. I was able to do what Ezekiel did in this passage and say, Oh Lord God, you know. Oh Lord God, you know. That's, that is a prayer for some of us this morning. Oh Lord God, you know. That was hard though. 
God is in control. So let's firstly give our out-of-control situation to him because he is our good father, he has a plan, and he is able to bring about life even in a desert place. The second point I want to draw out of this passage is that God revives and restores, and he does this through his word and spirit. So firstly, God commands Ezekiel to say, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I know it's a vision rather than a physical reality, but it would have looked like foolishness, even in that vision, to pray, to prophesy over these bones. You know, it's, it's a step of faith, and it's one that we should all do to pray for those who are sick. Um, I fairly regularly uh, go to a hospital and uh, will pray for people who I know who are sick. Um, and there was this one time where I went into QMC and prayed for someone. They were feeling really uncomfortable. They were struggling to keep any food down. And as I prayed, their whole countenance changed as God, um, God healed them. And uh, you could just tell that the discomfort had gone. They, they said as much, and they were able to um, hold food down. It was incredible. I walked out of that hospital with a real um, skip in my step. <laughs> I was absolutely buzzing. And do you know what? It kind of showed how little faith I had for that prayer when I prayed it because of my enthusiastic response and my sense of joy when it happened. But we should be praying for the sick, and we do, and we see people healed. But it's another step of faith, isn't it, to pray for someone who has recently died. I haven't done that yet. But then to go further and to pray for dry bones, to pray for some bleached bones to resuscitate, it, that's total foolishness. Total foolishness. And do you know what? That's kind of the point. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18 says, The word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. God has spoken over people. God's spoken word over them. That is powerful. It puts meat on the bones of our faith. Scripture the Bible is vital for us to live out our salvation. But scripture on its own, that's not enough. The bones now look like people, as Ezekiel spoke God's words over them, but there is still no life. What is needed is the breath of God. Breath and spirit, they are the same word here. God first speaks them into being, people with a bone structure, sinews and muscles, However, to be spiritually alive, people need the Holy Spirit. They need the Holy Spirit living inside of them. We can't do this on our own strength. We need the Holy Spirit empowering us. And the Holy Spirit gives us life. So during this time, it's not about us working things up ourselves. It's not about us striving to do better striving to think positively. You know, that would be as productive as dry bones willing themselves to live. 
at the end of this message, we are going to be worshipping together. And I believe there is going to be an impartation of fresh life for many of you. The Holy Spirit, as we give him space to move, is going to refresh and restore and renew you. And just as the dry bones in Ezekiel did not remain dead, so also Christ did not remain in the tomb. He burst forth with resurrection power raised from the dead by God. And just as surely as we have been truly buried with him in baptism, we are also made alive in Christ. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in us. We have resurrection power. God is in control. God revives and restores us through his word and spirit. And as we encounter him, he does the impossible and he turns a pile of dry bones into a mighty army. God makes us a mighty army. That's point three. One of the main themes within the book of Ezekiel is that God is going to restore Israel for his glory. He's going to take the remnants of a nation. He's going to take these dry bones and he's going to form them into a mighty army, a new Israel. So what does this new Israel look like? Some say it's the formation of the current, present political state of Israel. But to believe this, it misses the spiritual significance of the prophecy. It's a misunderstanding of God's master plan. For what is in view here is something far more significant for humanity than political autonomy for the descendants of Abraham. The whole of the Old Testament, the whole of it, anticipates the coming of Jesus. It points towards Christ conquering death once and for all on the cross. And it's in him that this new spirit-filled Israel, this new community of God, it takes shape. Grace Church, do you know what that community looks like? It is us. We are this mighty army. This is a description of you and I, a people with an identity that's no longer governed by our ethnic origins, by circumcision as the old Israel was, but rather a people from every nation brought together through faith in Christ. That's what it says in Galatians 6. Each and every one of us, we were dead in our sins. There was no hope for any of us. But if you have accepted Jesus, God has made you alive in Christ. In Christ, there is life for the spiritually dead. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. If God can breathe life into dry bones, then surely we are not a hopeless cause. There's hope for you. There's hope for me. Our sins are forgiven. The hold of the law is broken in us, nailed to the cross. We're not dry bones anymore, but we are spirit-infused children of God. That's what Romans 8 says. What Ezekiel saw in vision form has now become our reality. So what does it mean to be this army? The chains of sin, they're broken once and for all. We are now free to persevere. We are free to be that shining light, that city on a hill, 
And we don't do this in our own strength, but we do this leaning fully on God and by his word, through his words, through his empowering Holy Spirit, we are able to step forward in faith. He knows what you are going through in this time and he equips you for the task ahead. He is with you right now, wherever you're listening to this message. Whatever you're doing, he is with you. Right now, you might be feeling lonely. You might have just had a really tough week. God is with you and he is the God of all comfort. Maybe you've spent the last few months applying for jobs and you haven't had a single response back. He understands rejection. He is, he is the Lord who has been rejected and yet he gives you strength to persevere. In the current circumstances, maybe it feels like you've been totally devoid of joy. You had joy robbed from you. He can bring joy independent of what's going on around you. He is our strength, our hope. He is our joy. He is our deliverer. And he has plans for you. His plans are not paused. They're not, they haven't gone on to furlough, you know, because of this current crisis, uh, waiting until this, this, these circumstances are over. So don't spend the winter months just binge watching Netflix. Instead, know your identity as a soldier in God's army. Know also that the battle that we fight is not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. And do you know what? Our Father in heaven provides us with all that we need for victory. So let's be an army fit for the king by following Paul's instructions in Ephesians 6. And as we go out, let's be an army together. So I'm going to finish now by reading Ephesians 6 to us. This is a command for what we're to do. It says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armour of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic power over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of grace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, because doing so enables you to extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. We are a people with a purpose empowered by God through word and spirit. I'd love to pray for us and then we are going to worship. We're going to create space for God to, to move and uh, refresh and restore you. Let me first pray. Lord, thank you that we are not doing this in our own strength. But Holy Spirit, you are living in us. 
you are refreshing us, you are restoring us. And I want to pray particularly for those of us, for those people who feel like those dry bones. Lord, thank you that you uh, restore, you refresh, you revitalise. And I pray that you do that in people's hearts, in people's lives right now. Thank you that you can meet us where we are at, Lord. And thank you that as you do this, you turn us into the mighty army that we are called to be. You turn us into the beacon of light that you've called us to be in Nottingham and beyond. Amen. Amen. We're now going to worship.